Join ResU in thoughtful conversations that will pique your curiosity and expand your mind. ResU's thought leadership and partners will introduce unique ideas and ways that help listeners make choices that are influential, mindful, and impactful. There can be anywhere from 30 to 50 people at my house. For Thanksgiving, we're cooking turkey and broccoli casserole and, you know, you name it, we have it. All of these things, so if you take your time to eat, rework some of your recipes so that they're a little healthier and try to take the veggies first. Actually, legitimately be thankful for the food that you're eating, for the people that are around you, and spend time with those people that you want to spend time with. Welcome to our podcast. I'm Dr. Tree Scanlon, president of Resurrection University. As always, ResU talks to interesting people and covers topics that are often non-traditional, controversial, or just cool. The holidays are here, and I think many of us know in our minds that we are packing on a few extra pounds, maybe, between Thanksgiving and Christmas. But our guest today is telling us that we don't have to. Please welcome Dr. Christine Totes, Assistant Professor in the College of Health Sciences at Resurrection University. Welcome back, Chris. Ah, thanks for having me again, Therese. It's good to be here. Absolutely. So what do you think about this, Chris? You know, I come from a very large family, Mm -hmm. a nice Irish Catholic family. And on the holidays, like Thanksgiving, there can be anywhere from 30 to 50 people at my house. For Thanksgiving, we're cooking turkey and broccoli casserole and, you know, you name it, we have it. Mm -hmm. How do you expect people to eat healthy when we are put in front of that plethora of food? Well, I think that there's always choices to be made when you're when you're at a holiday gathering, whether that's family holidays at Christmas, you get invited to holiday parties, birthday parties, any time of year. It's just people get inundated this time of year yeah. with holiday parties. And I think everybody somehow feels obliged to have to try all the things, eat all the things, drink all the things, and you don't. Right. So personally, for me, things that I will do, because, you know, I am not... Although people on campus at the school strangely now call me the food police um, (laughs) and they're afraid to eat things in front of me, I'm not immune to not liking delicious foods that maybe, you know, was your grandmother's family recipe because these are the times of the year where people have a tendency to showcase those things. You bake cookies for people, you you bake pies, you make cake, you bring all the things, but it doesn't necessarily mean you have to eat all those things. Or you eat a little bit. You eat a little bit, yeah. We've got a couple possibilities of how you can turn around and do this. Number one, personally, when I host the holidays, I pull out my grandmother's china. Um, okay. My grandmother's not with us anymore. It's a nice way for me to to represent grandma at the holidays. But what's really interesting about china, hmm. the plates are smaller. Ah, there yes. you go. So you get a smaller plate. So normal dinner plates these days are about 11 and a half to 12 inches in diameter. Mm-hmm. Old china plates are 10 inches. Sure. Yeah. So you immediately have a smaller plate. So if you fill your plate, quote, quote, it's still less food, number one. Got it. Number two, I usually tell people to try to pull vegetables first. Okay. Or option two is you take a full-on serving of that thing that you really wanted mm-hmm. and you sit down and you focus on it and you enjoy it. Right. You sit down, you engage in conversation, you taste all the flavors. You know, sometimes for people, I talk about doing eating meditations. So we can play that in a little bit. But... Mm-hmm. You have the choice of taking a full-on serving of that one thing or tiny servings of all of the things that you like. 
So yeah, so it just gives you some options as to what to do because you know I have a couple of a couple of desserts or a couple of uh, side dishes that I really like, but I usually try to tell people pull the vegetables first over the carbs. Yeah, and, and when we talk about vegetables, we're not talking potatoes. Yeah, no, we're not talking potatoes. So you we're know, talking green, we're orange. Talking green. <laughs> yes, it was funny. One of my friends the other day on social media asked me, "What was your favorite vegetable to serve during the holidays?" Yeah, and I said. Mixed greens with roasted vegetables, toasted nuts, and some type of a vinaigrette on there. Mm-hmm. Because everybody was firing back with like broccoli casserole, uh, you know, green bean casserole. It's all these what I like to call adulterated vegetables. Yeah. It's vegetables swimming in some type of like creamy soup with fried things on the top. Yep. And, you know, I'm not saying you can't have those, but I think there needs to be some other options that are available for you as well that potentially are a little bit healthier. Well, I can tell you one of the new favorites in in my family is roasted Brussels sprouts. Yes. Roasted Brussels sprouts are delicious. Yeah. They can be like veggie chips if you roast them good where they get a little crunch on them. Absolutely. I mean, so there are other ways and I think spices and um, different ways of cooking are needed at this time of the year. Yeah. Have your broccoli casserole swimming in, you you know, condensed mushroom soup, all Mm -hmm, that good mm -hmm. stuff. Right. But balance it with something else. Right. And if you decide that, you know, if you're like, oh, it's my favorite time of year for dessert. Mm -hmm. Right. So have your dessert. I'm fine with that. But then maybe you don't eat the dressing or stuffing and both potatoes where we cut back on the other forms of sugar or carbohydrates. Right. So you put the veggies on and, you know, I mean, I had a a friend of mine, which I thought was excellent. Her family used to all fly in on Wednesday and they'd all get together and they'd eat dessert on Wednesday and then they'd eat dinner on Thursday. I was like, that's brilliant. That is kind of fun. too, right? It gives you two reasons to get together and it's not two huge meals that you have to prepare. Exactly. Because it's really hard, you know, I mean, I mean, we always make jokes and call Thanksgiving the day of gluttony, right? Where we all sit down and we eat too much. And then you have this like blood sugar coma and everybody's falling asleep on the sofa. Yeah. And then you're like, well, let's have dessert afterwards, right? Let's just keep that dive going. (laughs) Keep it going. Exactly. So if it gives you that capability for you to be able to better enjoy the time, I mean, the goal of getting together for the holidays is what I encourage people to do is change the focus so that it's not so much about the food, Mm -hmm. but it's about actually getting together with people that you care to get together with. Well, let's talk about that a little bit, right? I mean, because I think many people feel obligated to have Thanksgiving in particular because that's where you know we're giving thanks for everything that we have and be with their families Mm -hmm. and i think that there's some families that probably you don't want to be with right and in your when you talk to your patients you actually talk about that can you give us yeah we have a discussion with that i mean i have some patients that come in that have a, a a rougher family background where there's history of abuse physical mental emotional pick your favorite sure but there's histories of abuse and you know and i talk to them because they'll get very anxious i mean this is the time of year when depression is on the rise mm-hmm. um, suicides are on the rise mm-hmm. and so commonly I'll talk to them and I'll tell them, I'm like, look, maybe you having Friendsgiving or you having holidays represented for you to have the people around you that you choose to have around you is a better option for you than actually spending these times as some obligatory necessity with your family. Right. And so many, many of them find that shocking that we have that discussion. But if that's what's really best for your mental health, 
that's what's overall going to be best for your health. Right. Because you don't, especially in the Midwest where we have no sunlight after four o'clock in the afternoon. Correct. You know, seasonal affective disorder becomes a huge issue for many people. And that on top of pressure from your family, it's just a a downward spiral for some people. For sure. And the pressure to have like the perfect dinner, quote, quote, I don't really know what that means. The perfect dinner. Right. (laughs) Right. But I always tell people, I'm like, look, if you, especially if you're hosting the holidays, like, you know this and having a big family, like, I'm sure you've done this where you assign people dishes. You're oh, like, absolutely. I want you to bring this and you to bring that and blah, blah, blah. And can you please bring some steamed whatever, you mm-hmm. know, so that we've got some variety and, you know, grandma's favorite recipe combined with healthier options. But it's not one sole person's responsibility to do everything for the holidays. And sometimes I, I make jokes and call it the rookie move. But people that have done this at least once, you're like, oh, yes, no, I should assign other people jobs. <laughs> Whether that's bringing food and or helping with cleanup. Oh, yeah. Yeah. My family is very good about that. I mean, I don't clean up. Everybody gets around and scrapes the plates and washes the dishes and all that good stuff. Excellent. And we also have people that are assigned different kinds. Well, not assigned, really, but they volunteer to bring certain dishes that they're really good at making and it takes pressure off of me because then I don't have to cook everything. Right. Well, and it's it's fun because then, too, if, if these people are known for these dishes, right, yeah. all of a sudden it gets incorporated into these new traditions in your house where yeah. you're like, oh, is Aunt Susie bringing the noodles? Yeah, <laughs> you know, exactly. Or, right. Or whatever it is that yeah. it is that they bring. My sister-in-law, interestingly, um, has this thing where she cooks like egg noodles and chicken broth. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing is, is and, and they're like this thicker kind of saucy noodle and now I look forward to it, yeah. which is funny because it was never something that featured. And last year, now that my parents have relocated to Florida, I went to a friend's house for Thanksgiving and she's from Minnesota and they make wild rice and it had like cranberries and nuts in it mm-hmm. and way better than potatoes. Like I really enjoyed it. So yeah. I always like to go to different places and see what people's people's families kind of offer up to bring. Which yeah. Is great. So, uh, you know, in, uh, in our family, it was always turkey, dull baked potatoes, Mm -hmm. broccoli casserole, and maybe a green bean casserole and cranberry jelly, right? Mm -hmm. So we've introduced the the roasted Brussels sprouts Mm -hmm. and I make a a wild rice with cherries and pecans in it. And it it, it just kind of gives a different flavor to to your meal and everybody looks forward to those kinds of new traditions now. Exactly. So I'm wondering if eating all these different kinds of things that people are put in front of them, does that affect your metabolism and energy for the following day? Oh, it can. So what I usually tell people for the holidays is try not to get off of your regular routine. Most people will do the, we're going to have Thanksgiving sometime between two or four, and they won't eat at all, all day long. Because they're just saving up for all that stuff. Correct. Exactly. <laughs> and the downside of that is, is you know, and I'll ask you, have you ever gone to the grocery store hungry? Yeah, right. Yeah. And then you want everything. Exactly. So what I usually tell people is, yes, you can still have a meal, but make sure you have a slightly smaller meal in the morning. And then that gives you the capability to kind of keep a little bit more maintenance on your on your blood sugar after cleanup i encourage people to go out for a walk i mean it is helpful for you to move so that you're not turning you know into the food coma Mm -hmm. but it'll help you kind of utilize a little bit more of uh that your insulin response so that we can clear some of the sugar out of your bloodstream if we can kind of get you moving a little bit that and keep moving i mean this is where the turkey track came in yeah right so i know a lot of people this i did my first one last year i will openly admit i hate to run (laughs) but the the run that I go to gives money to Rotary and at the end interestingly I get a pie (laughs) 
<laughs> well, that's interesting. But just because it's a run doesn't mean you can't walk. No, exactly. Right? So um, I ran walked last year. This year, I'm actually running with some of my patients. And uh, one of my patients is eight. And oh. she uh, she will be walking more than doing any I'm running. I'm sure, yeah. So yeah, so I mean, I'm all for, you know, we take our time. And, and that's another, it's another thing that you get to be thankful for is, again, spending the time with people that it is that you want to spend time with. Right, right. So what about all these holiday parties that we get invited to? It's hard not to partake in all of the festivities um, that are always tied to food and wine. Always. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what's the helpful hint there to all these cocktail parties you have to go to? Do you have to have a glass of wine to look like you're being social or, you know, what do you think? Totally not. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Well, the biggest thing I would tell you is don't stand near the table. Right, the where, the, where the food is laid out. Or, or yeah. by the bar. Or by the bar. Yeah, do not stand by the food table or by the bar. And inevitably, right, when you have a party at your house, everybody gathers in the kitchen, right? Mm-hmm. But um, don't stand by the food because um, what will happen is is you'll continue to mindlessly eat. And what right. I need you to do is more mindful eating. If you want to feel like you're fancy and having a cocktail, there's there are now non-alcoholic cocktail options that give you the option to have something fancier mm-hmm. other than um, drinking. If you want to drink and you are okay to drink, I would tell you not to have multiple drinks every day at every party that you go to. Yeah. But if there's something there that's on the bar, that you're like, ooh, I really like that wine. Mm-hmm. You know, I just think many of us are past the point in time in our lives of drinking cheap, junky alcohol. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, not, it's not worth it. It's just not worth it. That's exactly it. And what I want you to think about is, how does this thing make me feel? Does it interrupt my sleep? Um, and how do I feel the next day after I have it? And if it interrupts your sleep and you don't feel good the next day afterwards, you know, I can get real fancy with some sparkling water and a lemon. Yeah, and it looks like you're having a drink and being social, sure right? It does, yep. Yeah, and I can and I can be social without alcohol. I mean, oh, I know yeah. there's a lot of people that have social anxiety mm-hmm. that will use alcohol to inhibit their frontal lobe a little bit so that they can kind of get out there and have a discussion. But you know, I mean, as to someone who is married to someone that has social anxiety, we have a little signal that when it's time to go and and he's done, he's done, and and we go. Yeah, you know, and I can't do the Midwestern goodbye, which usually takes about forty five minutes, oh, or the Irish goodbye, which is you just disappear. <laughs> <laughs> that would be his choice. Would be the Irish goodbye. <laughs> I, I'm a pro at that one. <laughs> so, for many people, holiday traditions have changed a bit. People are going out to restaurants mm-hmm. for that special dinner. I suspect that going out may support your eating less, correct? Um, it can. It depends if it's a fixed meal. If it's a buffet, no. Well, sure, right? Yeah. Um, or it, or if you're at like, you know, like one of the Brazilian steakhouses, which is like green means go and red means stop. No, I mean, you <laughs> can eat until you're ready to bust. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so going out, you may have an entree like a protein, a side, vegetable, and dessert. Versus home, you might have two to three meats or proteins, three to four sides, a couple mm-hmm. vegetables, and nonstop dessert. So what do you really think about that versus going out to dinner? I think that if if you can, like we had talked about earlier, you know, I mean, start with the vegetables. Take note of when you are full. Take your time chewing your food. It takes 20 minutes for the stretch receptors in your stomach to register that you are full to your brain. If you take your time and you govern when you are full, there's nothing wrong with you maybe taking your dessert home with you. Or, you know, if your host is gracious enough to send you home with tiny containers of food to take home where you can relish Thanksgiving the next day or your holiday party the next day, then then you can do that. But you don't necessarily have to eat it all while you're there. You can always take some with you. Sure. Or bring your own container. <laughs> <laughs> well, there is that. 
Another new tradition I've seen lately is catering or meals mm-hmm. prepared by a chef or caterer who mm-hmm. deliver and set up for you. Mm-hmm. Could that potentially be healthier? Um, it might potentially be healthier. It depends if you can talk to them about the prep of that beforehand, mm-hmm. right? Like um, I had a friend of mine uh, send me a clip the other day because we were talking about how I can't go to my brother-in-law or my brother and my sister-in-law's for Thanksgiving because... I can't eat a lot of dairy products, and um, I watched her make mashed potatoes one day and completely understood why I was sick with two sticks of butter, sour cream, heavy cream, and she whipped it all, and this is not how I make mashed potatoes. Mm-hmm. So it depends on how how this food is prepared. It could be healthier. Mm-hmm. It could be worse. We sure. don't know. Sure. Is there a misconception about healthy eating? People equate healthy with diet, mm-hmm. and they're not necessarily the same, right? Correct. And we, and also we had a podcast about that, and you can check that out on our site here called Get the Skinny on Diets. But back to healthy eating, tell us how you can eat healthy without depriving yourself and your family of their favorite foods. Well, I mean, part of this still comes back to lifestyle, right? Are we sleeping enough? Mm-hmm. Because if you sleep under five to six hours a night, you have a uh, much higher capability of insulin resistance and diabetes, which usually creates more cravings for sugar and junk food, as well as fat and sugar. So that's going to give more cravings for you. So if we're not sleeping well, we're not moving well, we're not managing our stress well, we're going to have a tendency to fall off the wagon a little bit easier. And then people have an all or nothing philosophy the minute they fall off the wagon. They're like, well, I'm already off the wagon, whatever. Let's just continue this brigade. And all of a sudden, New Year's resolution time comes around when the (laughs) gyms are all busy in January. And here's the deal. Exercise is an augment to a healthy diet, but you cannot exercise your way out of a bad diet. Well, and I think there's a misconception of the word diet, right? Correct. I mean, we're, we're really talking about healthy eating habits, Correct. not a diet, Correct. right? I mean, That's so. exactly it. And then making the assumption that because you shop at some of the higher end grocery stores in the area, that the food in there is healthy. And that's not always the case. No, uh, absolutely not. And there's a, there's a number of ways that you can actually make even some of your favorite recipes a little bit healthier. For sure. And that you can, you know, Google the heck out of that, right? But you can, you know, take butter and use different things. Oh, completely. You can replace applesauce or mashed banana for fats Mm -hmm. in specific things. Um, Sometimes you can use sugar replacements like monk sugar or monk fruit sugar or coconut sugar for less glycemic index in in some baked goods. Um, But I would tell you to look up recipes for this and whatever it is that you want to look up. And I know it sounds really weird, but one of the TV shows that uh, has all food on there all the time (laughs) um, literally has a section on there that is healthy holiday recipes. And you can go click in there and one one of the presenters that has her own show is actually a dietitian, and I have completely pilfered her sweet potato recipe for the holidays, mm-hmm. and it's amazing. My whole family looks forward to it, but it takes away a lot of the marshmallow and butter and blah, blah, blah on the sweet potatoes, and instead it has pecans with a little bit of brown sugar, but uh, there's way less sugar in it, and I usually tell people whatever recipe that you have, if you have the capability to cut the sugar, cut the sugar in half, and you sure. probably won't notice the difference. Yeah, most likely not. Yeah. yeah. Another thing, people especially at Thanksgiving, Mm -hmm. like to crowd around the television and watch football. Mm -hmm. And they want snacks while they're watching TV or the game and and while they're waiting for dinner to be served. What what kind of things would you say to them as they're lounging around? Eating in front of the TV is the most mindless way to eat. (laughs) Well, there is that, especially Um, with a big bowl on your lap, right? That's exactly it. Well, and that's it, the big bowl on your lap. So what I usually do is um, don't put things down on the coffee table in front of people that are in gigantic bowls. Because again, you will sit and you will mindlessly 
obviously eat. Make them get up, make them go over to the table, give them tiny plates. Mm -hmm. And after a while, you're not going to want to miss that part of the game, especially if it's a nice, intense game. I'm all for like, if you want to watch sports, knock yourself out. But, you know, sitting down with a bag or a giant bowl of something is the worst thing that you can do for yourself. Yeah. So one of my last questions Does the time we eat Thanksgiving dinner matter in terms of our health? Um, It can if you have specific medical conditions. So let's say you have... You had your gallbladder taken out Mm -hmm. or you have raging reflux, Mm -hmm. right? So if you end up eating too late at night, it does hamper your capability to digest. So I would say if you could cut off eating about two to three hours before you go to bed, it's probably going to be a little bit better for you. Mm -hmm. But I mean, if you want to eat at two o'clock, you want to eat at four, five, six o'clock. It just depends really on what time you go to bed. There's not amazing studies these days to support the what time you eat philosophy. Is It is a little bit of calories taken in during the day and how much you're not eating in between those times. So, okay. okay. So as we wrap this session of Thinking Out Loud up, what are the takeaways from today? It is mindful eating, I would Mindful think. eating, yeah. So if you want to, you can always look up. There's these little things called eating meditations, mm-hmm. and you can literally take 20 minutes to eat a raisin. Oh, I know it sounds strange, but that's a new one on me. You you touch it, you look at it, you sniff it, you rotate it around in your hands, you let it rest on your tongue, you inhale, right? All of these things. So if you take your time to eat, Uh slow down, chew your food well, Mm -hmm. take the time, have nice discussions, spend time with people that you want to spend with rework some of your recipes so that they're a little healthier and try to take the veggies first. I think it's a great place to start that sleep. Yeah. Keep moving. Yep. And uh, enjoy the people that you're spending the time with actually legitimately be thankful for the food that you're eating for the people that are around you and spend time with those people that you want to spend time with. Great. Thank you. As always. Thanks, Chris, for your expertise and insights. Ah, thanks, Teresa. I appreciate it. Have a great holiday. You too. Stay tuned to the ResU podcast here on WGN Plus for more episodes with ResU thought leaders and partners that will introduce unique ideas and ways to help listeners make choices that are influential, mindful, and impactful. ResU, it's amazing to be needed.